and welcome to the next episode of the League One Lowdown podcast. I am Alex Broom and I'm joined with Northampton Town right back Michael Harriman. Michael, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I think there's only one place we can start and that is um, the Monday night um, when you played Cheltenham away and you come away with a 3-0 victory to go through to the League Two playoff final, winning 3-2 on aggregate. How was that for you and the boys? Oh, it was, oh, it's, it's fantastic, really. Like, I think going into the game, knowing that you were very much the underdogs, and especially after the first leg performance, when we were 2-0 down, no one really thought we would have a chance. And I think we showed what good fight we've got as a side. And yeah, it was an enjoyable game, should I say, but worth it. Because obviously now going into Wembley, it's going to be fantastic. What did the manager say to you to fire you up then? I heard he um, showed, um, was it Arsenal's win at Liverpool when they needed to win 2-0 to win the title from God knows how many years ago. Was, was that part of the motivation and strategy? Yeah, we had quite a few. Like We had a couple of meetings like that where he showed us where other teams have gone and done it, you know, and just to believe, uh, keep the belief in the squad, you know, because it's easy to go into them games having lost 2-0, thinking, game's over, we're just going for emotions, but kept the belief right the way through to be fair and the boys believed it from obviously the Monday morning when we got together and went for pre-match meal and stuff like that everyone was like this is going to be the day we're going to do it and like I said it was just one of them days we all turned up at the same time and we didn't give them any chance really which was fantastic as I said and now looking forward to going to Wembley and hopefully going on and winning the power final. Do you think a key part of that was always believing then? You, I remember you said that after the first leg, this tie's not over, when a lot of people, myself included, thought, well, it more than likely Cheltenham were going to go through. Was um, not believe, was never stopping believing a key factor then? Yeah, you have to be, because otherwise, like I said, what's the point going into it if you if you've already think, you know? And like I said, I've said so many times during the week that 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline, whether you're playing in a playoff final, playoff semi-final or normal game you go 2-1 up you can get complacent and then as soon as one goal goes in it, this whole tie changes and that's what kind of happened I think us scoring very early helped us out massively I feel like they it's a tough one because it's you don't know how they were going to approach it were they going to go attacking defensively and I think they got stuck in between the both and then we capitalised early yeah. and then didn't really give them a foothold after that I think they were a bit on the back foot and we just kept putting on the pressure and like you said it paid off for us and then to go and win 3-0 away from home with, from a team that's conceded no more than one goal all season is fantastic off from the lads. Yeah, it was an unbelievable performance and I was thinking to myself during the game that your team were pressing quite high all the match and I thought if it does go to extra time you might tire a bit and then for their third goal you pressed really high, forced them into a mistake. How do you have all that energy? Because I remember when you were playing for Wickham, I just thought, God, he's got buckets of energy. Like, what's the key to that? I, I think you've just got to trust in the training you do, really, because I was quite lucky. I'm, that's my big part of my game, running around, chasing, doing the hard work, and I enjoy that. So for me, doing that stuff and doing extra and when you're doing them runs at home, you're making sure you're doing it at a higher tempo. So you're always ready to go. But like I said, I think with the adrenaline pumping and the occasion as well, you know, obviously getting it back to 2-2, it gives you that extra oomph and that extra yeah. step as well. And I feel that was definitely what happened the third goal. I think I just chased it down, hoping we'd win a corner or a throw and so we could get another opportunity. And there's a bit of hesitation and luckily it bounced to the right player and he put it in the net. 
Well, you sort of earned that luck for the way it fell to um, Callum Morton off the post from the whole performance, really. Would you say, um, when you played for Wigan, you played right back and right midfield. You didn't really play as a right wing back. But I've always thought you've had the um, traits and abilities to play as a right wing back. Would you say that's your, your best position to play? Yeah, I enjoy playing right wing back, 100%. You know, I've, in my career, obviously, I think I've been dominantly been a right back, which I think I'm most used to now, you know, being in that set position. But right wing back, you've got a bit more emphasis on having to go attacking as well as defensively, you know. But like I said, I feel like I'm fit enough to do both sides of it, which is quite good. So, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting forward, definitely. I'm quite an attacking fullback in regards to that sense. But like I said, I don't mind. As long as I'm on the pitch, I'm happy, really. That's a good attitude to have. Right, if it's all right, we're going to re- rewind a bit to the start of your career. Just talk through from there. Yeah. So, in 2011, I think it was, you signed your first professional deal for QPR. How was that? Like, what, what, how did that come about? Were you in the academy? Yeah, I was quite lucky. Um, I got picked up for at QPR at the age of 11 and kind of went through the youth system there. And as I got to yeah, that 16, 17, I got offered a, my first pro contract, which was fantastic. You know, obviously to get to go through the youth system and get on the other side of it was great. And like I said, to make my debut at that time was good because it felt like there was an achievement at the end of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, I completely get you. Coming on in the Premier League against Wigan must have been like an absolutely surreal for you. Like, I must like the feeling that you must be having immense pride. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, really, because I, I played in the cup before the right back got injured, and it was a case of go up and obviously be cover if case anyone else. And then I remember half time, and there was talks, um, with Neil Warren at Gaffer at the time, and he was saying this, the right back was struggling was playing and it like I could be coming on and you know you start getting all the butterflies yeah. in and the nerves. As a young lad I think it was more excitement you know to get on the pitch in a Premier League game would, would have been fantastic so to eventually get on the pitch it was a bit of a surreal moment but once you step on it your mind kind of goes back into right I've got my jobs to do here and you kind of get in the moment and you just crack on with what you need to do and I said I think we lost 2-0 that game and but you won't ever forget the experience definitely. How did you do when you came on then? Did you hold your own? I felt like I did. I don't know. I've not really watched that game back. because It's probably one of the only games I've not watched back, really. But, yeah, it didn't feel no different. I think we was we was losing at the time when I came on, so I think there was a little bit less pressure, if that makes sense. You know, if I think if you was coming on and you was maybe winning by one or you're drawing, you feel like it might be a bit more, or you don't want to mis- make a mistake yeah. or something like that. But other than that, yeah, it was, it was a very happy moment, definitely. So after playing in the Premier League, you then got loaned down to St Albans Town, like St Albans City, sorry. Like, did you feel like that was like quite a big jump down from playing in the Premier League to then going all the way down into non-league? Did you feel like perhaps you could have played in the Football League? Yeah, I'd like to have thought I have, definitely. Especially, like you said, coming off the back of playing in the Premier League, you're thinking I could have maybe got something in the league. But I feel like I learned a lot more at my time being St Albans. I think it toughened me up as a player because... I can remember going into places and it would have been about, oh, this league's played in the Premier League. This, this league won on him kind of thing. And that happened quite a lot. I remember coming, I think I was in two months, I think. And I remember coming home battered and bruised every game, leading, cuts everywhere. I think where people tried to leave one on me because I was from obviously a higher league club, which, but like I said, I felt like I had to learn to hold my own then in that sense going into 
like coming out of academy football, which is obviously different to men's football, and especially that type of football, which was a lot tougher at the time. And so, like, as I said, I come out as a better player from doing that. So I'm kind of glad in a way I did do that. But like I said, like, you can see whereas the other point would be, you could think, oh, I've just played in the Premier League. I should be easily playing for a League One Championship club. But that wasn't the way I went into it. I approached it properly, went in and enjoyed my time. And yeah, like I said, I learned, I think I learned quite a lot there, more than what I probably would have done if I just sat around not playing a QBR, if that makes sense. So it's, it's a bit of a cliche that you sort of go a boy and come back a man, but it sounds like that's really what happened to you there. Um, do, you, do you think that uh, at the time when you were QPR, were you training with the under-23s or with the first team when you went out? Um, we didn't have, at that time, we didn't have 23s. We had reserve or first team. And a lot of the time I was training with the first team, which was obviously helping learn the trade. But it was obviously being the Premier League, it was obviously a more tactical where it was, on the floor, stuff like that. Obviously, passing on the floor where we went to Auburn's, it was a lot more old school football, which tough, rough and tumble, which like I said, it helped me really because being quite, I'm not one of the biggest players in the world anyway, do you know what I mean? So it teaches you to hold your own and definitely felt like I'd done that at the time. And like I said, it had come out a hell of a lot better really from it. So after that, you went on loan to my team, Wickham, but Gareth Ainsworth using his links with QPR quite well. How was that? Did you always envisage that um, Wickham was a good club to play for? Yeah, I was glad because, like I said, I went from obviously non-league, playing non-league football really, and then getting that chance to go and prove yourself in the football league is, was definitely an opportunity I wasn't going to miss up, you know. And I can remember going in, obviously, and meeting all the gaffer and remember watching him because obviously when he was a QPR, he played as well and we used to get tickets to every gate home game. So we used to go and remember him playing right wing and getting up and scoring loads of ball, goals with his head and stuff like that. And it's typical Gareth Ainsworth stealth really. And um, yeah, and I can remember Dobbo because when I was at QPR, we used to play um, Wickham a lot in the youth team, the youth system, 16s, 18s. And I remember Dobbo from there and it was kind of like a good match really at the time. So yeah, it was enjoyable. And like I said, to get that proper football league experience was great. And, you know, and as a young lad, you want to be playing as many games as you can and building up your trade because then it will help you when it comes to the future, which we definitely did. Did you feel as, as coming back from that loan, because you obviously did quite well at Wickham the first time around, do you feel you were perhaps closer to getting in the first team at QPR? Or did you know another loan move was always just going to be around the corner? It was a tough one. I think the way QPR were at the time, obviously, they were balancing in between Premier League and Championship. It was always going to be a tough ask, I think. And I think that's what eventually led me to the decision to leave. I think, you know, I felt like it was limited opportunity for myself. I think in the three or four years I was pro, I made three appearances and I didn't want to waste my career, if that makes sense, sitting, yeah. not doing much. So for me, when it, the opportunity came around to leave and to get some football I did and I don't regret that really. No, that's good. After after that you went um to Luton on loan and Luton were just getting pro from the conference. They were showing no lack of ambition as they made some pretty marquee signings to try and get another promotion. Just fell fell short that season. Was it disappointing to miss out on the playoffs? Did you come you were up there for most of the season just fell away towards the end? Yeah, it was one of them years I think we was like I said we was up and around it pretty much all the time and then we kind of went for a rough patch right at the wrong time like you said and 
who we missed out on goal difference in the end to Stevenage, who eventually I think went to Wembley that year, I think. And no, they lost they to South End. South, South. Oh, did they? Yeah. So um, did Wickham, though, so yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a tough one because, I, like I said, you work all hard. We worked hard all year and then to fall short right at the end was a horrible bit. But it's, you've just got to use them experiences, really, and then try and learn from them. And that's what we did. Well, I was only there for that year, but then obviously after that, the yeah. club learned and then they obviously went on an incredible run and ended up where they are now in the championship. How was it working under John Steele? I can imagine him being a bit of an old school manager, like quite a good motivator. Is that what he was? Yeah, he was fantastic, to be fair. Um, he was, like you said, he was a good motivator and he knew how to get the best out of the players. And I think that's what set him in good stead, especially that year. That obviously, they smashed the conference, I think, with the highest points total and highest goal total ever. So... Yeah, he was a good manager. He knew his stuff. And like I said, you just go and you just learn so much from managers like that when they're giving you such belief. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a good time to be around the club. Well, I mentioned um, big Steve McNulty as well. Like, he's a bit of a unique character, isn't he, at the back? Like, how was, how was he to play with? Was he, was he like your typical leader? He was. Uh, what you saw with Macca was what you got, really. And like I said, he he knew what his strengths were at the time and he stuck to them. And like you said, he was, he was a great team leader and I think he showed that. And he, I think he still showed he had the, the mental side of the game was brilliant because I know he was obviously reaching the end of his career and stuff like that. And he he knew he was always in the right position. You never, ever saw him struggling, which was great. And he always used to stop me going forward because he had to make, make sure I was there covering him in case he got okay. exposed 1v1, which was... Bit of a pain for me, but yeah, it was enjoyable, really. Um, yeah, he was, he was a great character to have around, and like I said, I think the boys just bounced off him because off the pitch, he was like, he, he wasn't like, um, I just say he wasn't tough on you, he was a laugh and he wanted to have a laugh with everyone, he was a joker of the group, which is what you want. And like I said, people radiated to him, and I think that's why he got on so well there. Yeah, he's um, he does seem like quite a unique character, but then again, I think. Younger players such as yourself to look up to those sort of players in the squad. Like, so it's a good person to learn from. And then yeah. after Luton, you came back on initially on loan to Wickham, and you started that season in great goalscoring form. I think you had six or seven before Christmas. What was the key to that? Because you, as you said, not really. You were never like a Luton. You never really got the chance to go forward. Is it just Gareth sort of freeing you up down the right wing? Yeah, I think obviously coming from the typical right back role, where your chances of getting forward and into the box were probably more limited. Um, and been a right wing when it, obviously Gareth put me up as right wing it was different and I said you had that more opportunities but I feel like it was just a, one of them years where everything every time I've got an opportunity you seem to hit the target or go in which was good for me but it was a definitely enjoyable time I said and then obviously the first six months of January was the loan deal and then after that we was playing so well and I think we managed to get really far in the FA Cup and we had the Villa game coming up and stuff like that so was a bit of a no-brainer really to stay and carry on playing my football when I was enjoying it. So how um, pleased were you? Say it's a no-brainer. How pleased were you when the, the deal got finalised? Like, was it just like a sign of relief? Or were there any regrets at all about leaving the club you were at for so long in QPR? Like, like I said to you at the time, no, because I knew that it, otherwise it would just be going from loan deal to loan deal. It wasn't really in my best footballing interest to stay, if that makes sense. You know, I yeah. knew my first team options were limited. So for me, it was about playing, this is a short career, it was about playing as many games as you can in this career. 
So for me to get out and sign permanently at Wickham was a no-brainer really because I could guarantee that I was at least in a first-team squad every year and getting some first-team football. Uh, it was well documented that Wickham hadn't paid for a player for quite some time and then paid for your services. But then Matt Ingram went the other way in the same window. Was was I? Was, were you part of the Ingram deal going to QPR? Do you know? Was it just two completely unrelated transfers or coincidences? I, I think it was two different. I don't think it was anything to do with my deal because I know that was my deal was quite. Um, it was there was a couple. It was Wickham or Wigan at the time, and I. I so I don't think, obviously, Matty's deal would have been part of that. So I stuck with Wickham, obviously, being loads ball and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think Matty's deal was a completely separate part to mine because he was obviously flying at the time as well. You know, he'd done really well and he earned that move. So it was fantastic for him, really. So if you say you turned down Wigan to come to Wickham, that must show like massive like respect to Gareth and Dobbo, the fact you want to keep playing for them rather than playing for a much bigger club at a higher level. Yeah, it was it was it was like yeah, it was an easy decision really. I I was enjoying my football at the time, and like I said, I was doing really well. So for me, it was more like I don't wanted to disrupt disrupt that rhythm, you know. And it was easy, like I said, it was it would come up they come up at the same time, which was quite a weird one. It was like I was just about to obviously put pen to paper with them, and then it came up, and it was like. You think of the history and where they've been and stuff like that, and then yeah. I, it was for me. It was just I was enjoying my football so much and enjoyed the club and stuff like that. It was just an easy decision for me to just stay where I was and enjoy my time, and that's what I did. Well, I'm certainly glad you did after the part you played in the promotion season 2017-18. However, that may not be one you remember for the right reasons of that horrible injury you got in that training session. Like I think it was a broken leg, wasn't it? Like how how what sort of happened there? How did that like? about in training? I just remember it was just like it was a wet day and I just was we was playing sort of keep ball session and I slid to keep the ball like someone's passing the ball down the line and I just slid to stop it but as I slid my bottom legs got stuck in turf and as I've obviously carried on yeah sliding something had to give and unfortunately it was the leg with the bone in my leg which was yeah, it was it was no one near me. It was no one within about ten, fifteen yards yeah. of me. It was just, but it was a weird thing because obviously you go through that thing when you hear the obviously what went on when I said and you know, and then the pain was just instant. But I, it was a weird one because I didn't think it was going to be as long as what it was. I thought, oh, you know, when you hear a broken leg, you think six, eight weeks to heal, and then you'd be back. So I was thinking two, three months tops, but I think it's closed to on eight months before I yeah. stepped on the field again at Notts County when I come on as a sub, which is obviously in football is a long time, especially when you're when you're in it, when you're injured, it's a different environment together because you're obviously segregated from the lads for a while and yeah, it was it was a tough time but I'm glad that in a way I'm glad I went through it because it made me more mentally tough as a person as well as a player and you just got to use them experiences and just make the best out of them. And that's what I tried to do, you know, and I, I was quite lucky. I spent a lot of time at home with my family because obviously I couldn't walk. I was obviously yeah. in a, one of the moon boots. I think I was in a moon boot for four months on crutches for four months. So I got quite a lot of time at home with the family, which was nice. I had my first Christmas at home for a while as well. So, yeah, like you said, it was a bad time in my career, but in that case, it was a better time for me as well because I had more time to enjoy with my family.
That's the thing. Like, with an injury like that, it's not only impacting your professional life, but like obviously you can't drive and your personal life, you can't walk, yeah. as you say. Like It really does like, take it out of you. Is Amy just your taxi then, just running around looking after you and the kids? Well, it makes a change because nowadays <laughs> I'm the taxi. So, yeah, I enjoyed that while it lasted. But, um, yeah, but like I said, you just got to make the most of these setbacks. And that's definitely what I, what I did, I think. And like I said, it, it, it flew by anyways because the boy. I remember coming to watch games all the time. And the boys were, because it was the year we were doing really well, we was like second, third, first. All, so it was enjoyable to just come watch games and get out and forget about the leg for a while and then, once I think it that happened in October, and by the time it got to like February, and I was back, obviously running and on the grass, it seemed to just fly by then. And then, well, no, I was lucky to play in the last five, six games of the season, which at one point I wasn't even expecting to do that. So, so um, obviously the promotion game at Chesterfield, you started, and then obviously we're coming from behind to win two one. What was that feeling like at the full time whistle? I remember I looked at my phone the other week, and I got a video of me jumping on you like on the pitch. Just going, <laughs> Yeah, it's just such a massive array of emotions. I just think everyone just really enjoyed the experience, didn't they? Yeah, because I think we went into the game, and obviously you never knew. You always knew that if you got good result, there was always a chance. And I remember obviously being, I think, one-one at half time. Obviously, going down scored a lovely own goal in that game as well. Which I wasn't going to mention that. I'm glad you did that. (laughs) I had no, I couldn't get out of the way of it. Yeah, nothing you could have done to be fair. It wasn't like you just like hooked it in like with a poor. Everyone wanted judgment. to make it interesting, really. Didn't I? <laughs> wanted to make it a good comeback. Keep for the us win. all on our toes. No. Yeah, but I remember going in at half time and someone said, Oh my God, not County and everyone's losing. I was like, Oh my God, this, this could be the moment. And then obviously Dom scored the goal. And I think everyone kind of knew it was the goal that was going to send us up. I think from the fans and from our side. And then like yeah. I said, it went in and it just, the rush of emotion was unbelievable. And then I can remember just as before the final whistle kicks, I can remember looking over at the bench and I could see all the boys with their phones out. I was thinking, this is it. This has got to be it. And then the whistle went. And then after that, it was just like you said, it was just pure joy. And uh, I said, you just enjoyed the, mo- the moment because for me, it was my first promotion in, in, in my career. And you always remember the first. So it was, it was a brilliant time, yeah. Well, that could be followed up by your second in the next couple of weeks. But um, before we get on to that, like, I can't talk about your time at Wickham without uh, mentioning the manager, Gareth. Like, how, how big was he during your time overall? Like, not, in, like, not just like, being a good coach and sort of like as a friend, but improving you as a player too? Yeah, I was there for, in total, throughout, I was there for about four and a half years. And I think you can't not appreciate your time there, you know. And like I said, he was a massive influence because... I left as a young, young pro really, and then learned my trade really pretty much there, and showed a lot of faith in me when maybe not a lot of League Two clubs would have done at the time, and I owe him for that definitely. And like I said that I enjoyed my time there. That was the main thing I can take from it. You know, I enjoyed every minute. Obviously, at the time you leave, that you left, you think, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because you was, it was just like part, part and parcel of my career. I was there. That's where I've always pretty much always been. Yeah, I enjoyed every moment and that's what I look back and I had so many fond memories and stuff, which was the main thing. And That's all you can do now. You just look back and enjoy the in, memories that you've created there. In um, the Wickham's first season in League One, you perhaps might not have got as many minutes on the pitch as you would have liked or were expecting. Was that like, as, as well as the budget cuts, was that sort of a reason which you and Wickham parted ways in a sense? 
Um, no, I think it was more the latter, really. I, I tried to, I was, was happy to stay, you know, I kind of got back in towards the end of my career, like, in my time there, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was playing and I was still enjoying it and stuff like that. So it wasn't that, it was just more of it was out of my hands, really. And which was the shame because, like I said, when you've, you've part and parcel for so long, you wanted to enjoy the time and carry on enjoying the good times. But like I said, I, it, it, came, it came and there was not much I could do. And I don't think there was much the club could do either. So you had to just, unfortunately, suck it up. But that's part and parcel of football nowadays, unfortunately. But do you think if um, there was a contract offered on reasonable terms, you would have signed it then before you parted ways? Yeah, I was. I was. The thing was me, I was happy. As long as I was there and still playing football, I don't mind. you know what I mean? I, 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 like I said, it, if there was there, I definitely would have signed it because... I don't think you could not, you know, like I said, I was, I felt like I was part of the club for so long and to leave would have been a shame really. But like I said, it had, it was out of, I think it was out of everyone's hands and it was just time for a new, new, new adventure in this, in this industry really. How did the gaffer break it to you then that um, you wasn't able to keep you on? It was, it was just like, I think it was a few weeks after the season had finished and I think we all came in for our individual meetings and I think you could look, see the look, couldn't really like, it's a weird one. They, you could tell, as I walked in the room, you could tell it was a conversation they didn't want to have. And I remember Dobbo sitting in there and uh, Trevor was in there as well. And it was just, it, it was just basically self-explanatory, really. They went through the reasons and I was just like, well, it's, when you say it like that, there's not much you can do about yeah. it. And it was, it is what it was. We parted on good terms and that was, that was it. And, go on to pass as new really but yeah it was it was just one of those things it was out of everyone's hands you can understand that the club why they had to do it obviously it's not nice being told that yeah you, that was it but yeah you, you, I enjoyed my time and like I said I've taken memories and friendships from it for a lifetime and I'll always be thankful for that really. It's good that you left on good terms there's no bad blood or anything well there um before you joined Northampton, I know there are a couple of other clubs really interested in your services. Why did it not go? Uh, why did you not manage to get a deal over the line with them? I think Lincoln, one of them, was it? Were you close to signing for them? Yeah, I went. It was weird because I went into Lincoln, obviously, with the obviously the idea of signing. You know, they was said they were interested, so we went in. I spent all my pre-season there, and then they themselves towards the end of the towards the end of pre-season started did some budget cut as well which obviously then killed me really because obviously my deal wasn't over the line so it was a tough one and obviously spending all pre-season with them as well and it meant obviously other clubs had prepared and had their squads ready and I made a friend as well which was weird but like I said it it just never happened and you can't you can't force things to happen you know what I mean if they weren't there weren't can't, weren't ready to do it then it weren't and then I spent a couple of other clubs that maybe just weren't right at the time for me and you know and I had a lot of funny stuff going on as well so I wanted to be close so if they were too far away it was a tough one and then Northampton popped up and it was ideal for us and ideal for the club and it just worked from there. Yes it's your local club isn't it Northampton it's um, pretty close to yeah, where you live. Yeah, it makes a change because I've always had to travel so far from my club recently and for me to be 
uh, thing is obviously a local been here quite a while now I've been here four or five years and you've become a local fan really you know and feel like I have obviously watching and seeing because I remember driving past the stadium every time going to Wickham and you could see and coming back and you go oh one time I've had to go on today you end up looking yeah even though you know, no affiliation to them before I always end up checking the scores and stuff like that and then obviously Aaron Pierre moved to Northampton as well which we're good friends with still now and yeah, you just end up looking and like you said, I felt like I was a fan before I even moved on. And like you said, I joined late. I joined in early September, which obviously quite into the season. And then never looked back. And now, obviously looking forward to next well, Monday coming up. It would be fantastic to end the season, hopefully with a promotion. Did you speak to Aaron before you joined? Uh, I spoke to Aaron, uh, yeah, because I spoke to Aaron in the summer because it was going to happen earlier and he never did. I don't know why I didn't. And... I asked Aaron what it was like and he, he told me the club was a fantastic club, which I think hands down it is. You know, I've especially during this tough crisis we've had, they've been fantastic with all us players and the fans and vice versa. The fans have been fantastic to the players and it's like you're one big side. And like I said he, he told me how good the club was and I feel like when the opportunity came up, it was a no-brainer and it just seemed to fit. And it was probably from when I left Wickham from feeling at home I've gone into another club where I feel equally at home which is fantastic and it's made me enjoy my football at the time and like I said it's just been a great season so far and hopefully we can finish it off well yeah that's um it's good that you settled in quite well because in the transfer window um I think Keith Kerr made quite a few new signings like it wasn't like just uh, one or two additions I think like a fair few players coming like eight or nine or all together like you've got um prestigious names like Alan McCormack and Nicky Adams like how was it like being part of like for want of a better phrase, a squad overhaul. Like, you know, a lot of new people are coming in. Yeah, make it, was, it, easier it was to definitely settle? that time. I think so. I think, obviously, I missed, I think a lot of them, I was one of the last players to come in. I think I think I was the second last player to come in in the squad overhaul. And like I said, it's a new manager and he has his own vision of what he wanted. And I think he got that. And you can't really argue with what he's done, really, from where we were in the league. We've done really well this season. And obviously the playoff and like I said, I think the squad he's built, he builds a squad on mentally tough players and with resilient players. And I think that showed especially on Monday night against the Tottenham away. And you, like I said, it was it was easier because obviously there was a lot of new players in, which were, I came in quite late. So obviously I missed a lot of the squad team days and stuff like that. Obviously the pre-season tours and stuff where you obviously get to know your fellow players better but like I said I, I came in and I've known plenty, most of them players against playing against them in the leagues anyway so you make up kind of it's weird because you kind of build that friendship up but playing against players you know players so walking in and it was just just automatically felt part of the group and it was really easy really Who do you reckon has got a better dead ball delivery than Nicky Adams or JJ? It's <sighs> a tough question I would be I'd be scared if you had both of them in one team because <laughs> you'd have them in swingers both. But no, I think both their records speak for themselves. Yeah, you know, exactly. He's on seventeen assists this year. I don't know how many JJ's on this year, but like I said, if you they're both experts at what they do and too right, you know they. Well, I remember being with JJ, he practiced them all the time to get them on the mark, and Nicky's exactly the same. Good players, both good players in their own right, and like I said, they just thrive on assists. They love it. What's, um, what's, what's it like working for Keith Curl then? As to me, just from the outside, he looks like just quite a calm head. Doesn't really look like he loses his temper often on the, on the sidelines. Is that, is that what it is? Is that what he's like? 
Yeah, 100%. That's exactly him. You know, I was quite lucky. I worked with him at QPR as well when I made my debut. He was the assistant to Neil Warnock. So I've known him for a long time. And like I said, what you see on the pitch, the calm persona is, is him down to T. And I think that helped us out as well, especially the last week or so, staying calm. Because like I said, a lot of probably managers would have been throwing tactics your way, you know, oh, we need to do this, we need to win, we need, we need to score. And he was just like calm, collected. We didn't do any tactical work before the second leg, really. You know, usually we watch video, we go through them. I remember going in and we sat on the video and we watched him. It was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say today. And then they showed us, like I said, the 89 video. And it's just like, that's it, chaps. We, we can do this, believe in ourselves. And he's very good people person, very good motivator. And, he knows how to get the best out of UNF. He definitely showed that this last week because, like I said, the, the, everyone pretty much thought it was done. You know, Cheltenham 2 0 up away from home, going there with their best defence record, second best defence record in the league, in all in four England, leagues, I think. I think. It was. Yeah. Bar Liverpool, yeah, bar Liverpool, you know, and it was a tough ask, but like I said, the way he approached it with us, he kept us all calm, made us all believe, and the rest went from there. And I think. Uh, that performance typified what he is as a manager, and I think there'll be hopefully plenty more good times ahead. Will um, Monday be the first time you played at Wembley then? Yeah, this is my first playoff campaign. Funny enough, I've been in the game, I think, as a professional for 10 years or so. It's my first playoff campaign, and it's been a surreal one, should we say the least. But like I said it'd be my first time going to Wembley, be a different experience to what you usually see on the telly and finals because of. Obviously, current situation is going on at the moment, but you've just got to enjoy it as it comes. Like I said, it could be my only time and I'm looking forward to it. And I just want to get get there now and get playing. Is your wife allowed to come and watch or is it no one at all? No, no one allowed. No, yeah, it's a shame. Obviously, you'd like to have your family there, especially when you're going to be at such a big stadium like Wembley. You know, like I said, it, it could be my only chance, but they're firmly not allowed to come, which is a shame. So, just going to have to watch it on the telly like everyone else. Be a bag of nerves at home then, won't she? Was it, she follows yeah. you like around the country. I remember, was it Doncaster? You were both in the concourse um, and I yeah. saw you there. Like, it's, 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 quite, like, it's quite good to have someone like, so supportive, I'd imagine, behind you. 100%, you know, at the end of the day, football's a short thing, your family's forever, you know, and I'm quite lucky that they're so supportive of me because in the day that they... When you're having a tough time at work or stuff, if something that goes away, you always come home and they're there cheering you up, which is obviously fantastic for you because you're never too low when it gets tough. So I owe them a lot, especially during the summer when I had no club and you're fearing the worst, you're thinking your football career is over and stuff like that. You had them bringing you down to earth, telling you to relax, and that's what happened. And like I said, no, it's a shame they can't be there Monday night, but I said, you know, they're going to be at home with a bag of nerves enjoying it with you at the time with everyone else. How, um, so without going into too much detail, okay, some Exeter scouts are watching this. How have you been, how's um, the gaffer got you getting prepared for Monday then? Has it just been like any um, other game or has it been a bit different? Yeah, any other game, game really. I think that's the best, yeah, I think that's the best way to treat it. We've been treating it any other, any normal game, you know, we've been doing training exactly the same. We've not changed anything. I think that's the best way to do it. You know, I think you can get lost in the occasion. But we've, like I said, the gaffer's been in typical self. He's nice, calm, relaxed self. And I think that's rubbing on the players. Everyone else is nice and calm, just ready to get going. And like I said, when the time comes round, I'm sure everyone's going to show that same spirit from the other night. And 
like you said, hopefully it's just the cup final now and hopefully we're the right side of the scoreline come the 90th minute. Has he given, I imagine he hasn't given any indications to what the team selection is going to be like yet, has he? No, not yet. That will be closer to the time, obviously, because you never know, obviously, with current surroundings and injuries, you know, obviously we're still coming back round from a four-month break, really, and as long as we've ever had even like a off-season, you don't have that long. So, yeah, you never know what would happen. But like I said, it was just taking it one day at a time, you know, and we've got a few days left now to get ready and get ready to go. How did you keep yourself entertained during that break? I've seen a couple of the TikToks you've made. Surely it wasn't just doing TikToks for the whole three months? No, I think we're quite lucky, you know, because um, we've got two young kids, so they keep you entertained most of the time, you know. And it was, it was weird because... Usually we used to like go out for afternoon walks together and you couldn't even do that really. And yeah, because um, my aim is shielding obviously. So she wasn't allowed to go out at all. So it was tough. It was mostly in the house, in the garden. And then I decided like a genius, like I'm a <laughs> groundsman to go and dig up the garden and start doing AstroTurf out there. So it took me about six weeks to get that done. So that took a big chunk of the portion out for me. Yeah, done it all myself. Yeah, all myself. I, I, when I started, I was told I was going to get help from the other half. She was going to help me. Apparently, <laughs> that lasted about two days, and then they were bored of that. So it was just me working hard. But like it said, it was done. It, it came at a good time really, because like I said I had so much time off and did a little bit a day, and um, yeah, and enjoyed it. I did, I have a. I was quite lucky. I've got a little bit of a home gym as well. So I was in there every day as well, keeping on top. Because I know if you, the football was finished. You didn't really, you knew you was going to be going, well, felt like you was going to be going back and you just never knew when the call was going to be. So you had to stay on top of it and stuff like that. But like I said, it, I enjoyed my time off. Like I said, when do you ever get that much time at home, really? So yeah, it was enjoyable. Spending more time with the family it was brilliant. You'll have to send a picture of the AstroTurf. I might put it out with this podcast, Michael Harron's Back Garden. I might, yeah. Hey, I might get a lot of work from it. It's really good, I think. But you might be able to get place. yourself um, a job after you retire doing that. Yeah, so, yeah I enjoyed it. With um, your contract stuff at the end of the season, I believe, do you have any idea what's next? Would you like to stay at the Coppers? Yeah, 100%. I've been enjoying my time, you know, and I think we've had a great year. You know, it'd be a no-brainer for me probably to stay, but... Like I said, we don't know really what's going on. It's been such a crazy time. And obviously, contracts are running out in the next couple of weeks or so, I think it is. And we've got a massive game to prepare for first. So, for me, at the moment, it's just mo- focusing on Wembley. And then I think the rest will take care of itself. I was going to say, you start, on. No, I was just going to say, like, I think if you start getting distracted from things like that, you don't want to be taking it away from what your biggest game on Monday. Yeah, I was going to say, being the professional you are, I've no doubt that you won't be even thinking about anything beyond Monday, really. No, that's it. You know, you've got to take things as they come, you know. For now, the game, Monday's the first thing that's coming. So, that's what all my focus is on now. Like I said, it's just it's counting the days down. Now. It feels like everything's going so slow. You just want it to be there, you know, and get on the pitch, you know, and see where we end up. But like I said, it's... it's you just take it as the day it comes and like I said that's coming first and that's my main focus at the moment. Have you spoke to any of the Wickham lads of course we're in the playoffs as well have you spoke to any of those sort of like before each playoff campaign? 
No, I've not really spoke to anyone lately, to be fair. No, it's, it's been a crazy time. And like I said, they're preparing themselves now, so they're probably going to want to keep their heads down and, you know, and get free. I know you've got your first leg next week, next Friday, yeah, I believe. Yeah, So, yeah, it'll be, be interesting. Obviously, you've been up there and around there all season, so it's got a fancy your chances. And yeah, I'll be watching along as well because I'll be off then as well, so I can sit down and watch the game and not have to worry about training. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be great for the club and hopefully, like I said, you can, especially being away in their home second, I hope you can take full advantage of that and get yourself there to Wimby as well. A couple of beers in front of the TV then next Friday for you, or maybe even champagne uh, if you win on Monday. Uh, nah, it'll be more like a glass of Coke for me. Do you not drink? Nah, not really. not a big drinker, no. So I don't don't enjoy it really. So oh. I'd rather a glass of Coke and I'll watch it with that. I hope it's sugar-free Coke anyway then. Oh, the full fat thing. Cool. You might as well have a beer if you're going for yeah. the full fat coke. Nah, no, I enjoy, I enjoy a full fat coke. I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, I couldn't, couldn't be doing that. It's got to be the classic diet coke. <laughs> so, um, what's, what's your plans for the rest of the day then before we wrap up? Like, is it any? Have you had training this morning? Uh, yeah, we've been in this morning. We've done our bits today. And like I said, it's, I'm just going to enjoy my time now. Enjoy the weather because I know that's not going to last, as always, typical English weather. Be raining later and thunderstorms for the next few days, so I'm just going to try my time out in the garden and joke with the kids those days. And then we'll obviously the yeah, last couple of days before Monday and get ready for that. No, well, I wish you all the luck in the final. Thank you um, very much for coming on, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you.